Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Biamelt, and with me is my lovely wife, Brittany. We are still recovering from a wild week in New Orleans. My voice is just now coming back, uh, which it still sounds pretty shaky, if I, yeah. if I do say so myself. I was really wild, and we're going to talk about it. So, welcome to our Engage 22 NOLA recap. Let's get after it. All right. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is cost. Costs are the real barrier to entry for Engage. There's a ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for starters, for one ticket, it was $4,500. So for just Phil and I to attend, just to attend, cost us nine grand out the door. Then you have to factor in airfare. You have to factor in lodging. And while, while we didn't have to stay at the Ritz-Carlton, um, most events were taking place at either the Ritz or the Four Seasons, and we opted to stay at the Ritz. So, of course, as you can imagine, that cost us another arm and a leg and any food, miscellaneous expenses. But then you have to factor in that there is a dress code. And I say dress code loosely because I don't think it's mandatory, but you're going to feel like a fish out of water if you're not dressed um, appropriately. Appropriately. So what do you mean by dress code? So the very first event was a welcome party. Mm-hmm. And was there a dress code for that? For the welcome party? Yeah, no, right? No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, it was sneakers and... Um, yeah, you were supposed to be casual, but you they said to be ready to fucking dance. Yeah. what it said on the invitation. So. so, of course, I had to go get brand new Chucks. Anywho, that's beyond the point. But that was just the welcome party. So then you're talking about three full days of Engage, which was two wardrobe changes a day. At least. At least. Um, And then at one point I said to myself, oh my God, I should have brought extra clothes because there's little in between things that may or may not have been comfortable to wear business casual or your gala like a swamp tour dress. In a <laughs> yeah. so anyways um if you have a large wardrobe it's not an issue for you but if you're like us we needed to go shopping so of course that added more cost to this trip um other obvious miscellaneous things like uber transportation to and from the airport Food for the times that they're not feeding you. Um, And sometimes, like, the food that they're feeding you is not, like, hearty. You're not going to be full for breakfast or anything else. Well, that's for people like me. Yes. Like a 200-pound man that eats. (laughs) I'll put down some food. Three fucking square meals a day, mind you. When I get a quarter of a sandwich, I'm like, what the fuck? Where is the other nine halves? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in general, we spent about Mm $14,000. To put that in perspective, it was about the same amount to switch our camera systems this year for a three-day event. Now, uh, it was definitely pay-to-play for this. Um, So, I mean, there is an obvious real cost of entry, especially for a couple that are in this business. Yeah, no, I think I'm just going to start going by myself. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't think cheaper. so. I don't know if you can hear that. Our daughter is stomping around upstairs. Anywho, um, so yeah, anything else you wanted to add to that? I mean, I think that pretty much covers all the cost associated with this trip for us. Let's talk about the recap. So right. Sunday. We got into the big easy. Um, We went to the hotel, kind of hung out. We chatted with the concierge to uh, 
And for those of you that do travel, typically when you get into someplace new, the best place to go is to the concierge desk and ask them like, where's good food and that kind of stuff, because they'll, they'll know. And our concierge, uh, pointed us to this local spot for flame broiled oysters. Now, as some of you have heard me say before, I am from Ohio, which means I'm not an oyster person, nor am I a seafood person because I'm from Ohio and where I come from, my salmon comes in a can. So, so, so I don't like, you're not fishing in Lake Erie and eating it. At least not when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, went in Rome, I tried my flame broiled oysters and I will admit they were actually really, really good. And then I subsequently murdered some shrimp and grits and, uh, Brittany had some kind of homemade hash breakfast. They do brunch like a little, yeah, because <laughs> it was the brunch menu, but it was 4 PM. I kind of <laughs> like the way they roll in, in NOLA. They were like, no, it's not even five yet. It's still brunch. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, it was called uh, Trinos. I think it's, yeah, it's T-R-E-N-A-S-S-E. It was delicious. It was really good. Let me go back to the hotel to do another wardrobe change. The first one to get ready for the welcome party that was hosted by Michelle Norwood. Uh, that was really fun. There was a live band, free drinks, and that's when we started. To- it wasn't free drinks. It was cash bar. Really? Yes. I don't remember paying for a drink. Um, I remember us going to the ATM to get cash because it was a cash bar. Yeah, but I don't think I ever paid for a drink, though. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Whoops. Maybe I stiffed a bartender. <laughs> Anyways, the... Uh, uh, Reverse. Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe... That. Hold on. <laughs> I no, no I right. handed no, you I was, 40, yeah because yeah, I, I remember I remember you were joking with me because you pulled your little clutch thing out yeah. and handed me money and so add that me, to the cost pretty much <laughs> made me feel imagine. like a subhuman she was like you'll get me booze but uh cha-ching cha-ching add that yeah, up to our tally yeah, make that fourteen thousand two hundred dollars oh, the uh so um uh, there was a live band which was. It wasn't Jordan Kahn Orchestra at that point. Oh, no. He organized it. I just cannot think. The guy was super cool. They had a live, uh, they did like live painting. Mm-hmm. The guy was doing live art. Like it was, it was a blast. It was a really, yeah. really, really cool time. Uh, super talented group of uh, artists too. Yeah. And then we met Twa. Twa. I don't. How do you Doherty. Is it Doherty? Doherty. Yeah. Doherty. Uh, she was our first time attendee ambassador and she is an amazing photographer out of New York. I would highly recommend that you follow her. Uh, She's and then, also super just like fun. God, she was chill. Energetic. She was, she was and all over like, the place. It was awesome. Um, super fashionable. Oh yeah. I mean, that's you thought complete we had a understatement of, of the year. I'm pretty but. sure she was changing outfits during the event. <laughs> Probably. Uh and then we started partying, as you can hear in my voice right now. We uh, we went pretty hard starting Sunday night all the way through last week. And that, that kind of wraps up Sunday, like once once the events. Oh, no, we did the uh, second line. I forgot oh, about that. yep, yep, yep. When, when we left the bar. When I a... conveniently said, hey, let me go to the bathroom. It yeah. feels like this is wrapping up. And I literally walk out and the entire bar is empty. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for those of you that don't know, you have a a first line, which is a band, and then you got the second line, which is everybody who walks behind the band in like a parade style, uh, which is really, really big in New Orleans. Uh, So anyways, we we did a second line to where all of the guests at this event, which there was like 200 people there, 250 people there. Yeah. We had a private second line all the way back to the Four Seasons. And then from the four seasons, we just, we met up with some people and just walked back to, uh, the Ritz to the Ritz. But, uh, that wraps up Sunday. So that, that kind of set the the tone and the pace. Like we started off on like a really high note partying and, uh, having a blast on Sunday. So Monday was a little bit different because Monday morning, 
we cruised over to the four seasons to get our swag bags, uh, which weren't disappointing. So we had t-shirts, toiletry kits, books from the speakers, lots of pralines, local coffee, water bottles, backpacks, totes, crew sunglasses. Um, and then what everybody started referring to as the Bible. Were you about to say something? No. There's a lot of stuff in these swag bags. Um, so the Bible, it's kind of like a yearbook kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's 230 page volume of all of the speakers and all of the attendees in alphabetical order with our photos, Instagram handles, locations, that kind of stuff. Like business name. Yeah. It has, it has like all the, the nitty gritty for each person. Um, which is actually sitting right next to me right now. It's a very large book, which I would say is probably one of the most important pieces coming out of there because it's a, a collection of everyone. Yeah. It's a directory. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like a really nice Rolodex. Um, so after that, we did our first time attendee session. We, Actually, you know what? I skipped something. When when we got well, we'll talk about that in the the next part. Actually, uh, we did our first time attendee session, which was about an hour, and they kind of broke down like little tips and tricks and kind of how to navigate, what to do, what to expect, etc. Uh, like I said, Twelve was our our ambassador, so you know we sat with her and had a little breakout with her and that kind of stuff. And we. Um, Immediately after that, we went into the large ballroom where, again, there was another band performing as we walked in. Everybody got situated uh, and the speakers started. So on Monday, we heard from Gail Benson, who is affectionately known in the area as Queen Bee. She is the owner of the Saints and the Pelicans. Uh, The Saints are a football team, for those of you who are not aware, and the Pelicans are the New Orleans uh, basketball team. So she owns both. She had a really cool presentation. Like she seemed like a very philanthropic person. Like she, she seems like a really, really cool, cool person. Uh, Then we listened to Andrew Robbie who had uh, some really gut wrenching stories about his family as he was talking. turns out me and Andy are probably the only two veterans there. So we chatted for a while about military stuff. Um, then we heard from Brian Raffinelli, Randy Finoli from Say Yes to the Dress. And then we had a panel of media folks. I didn't put all their names down because there was like 15 of them sitting up on the stage. Yeah, but all they, females from Carrots and Cake. Um, Party Slate. Party Slate. Just um, Wedlucks. There was, there yeah. was a lot of people. They're, they're talking about just media engagement and that kind of stuff. Then we had to go back to the hotel room. To change again for the welcome party and the welcome party was uh, held at the historic Elms mansion and gardens, uh, which was a really crazy event, fire breathers, live bands, all kinds of dance performances, puppeteers, like a little mark, another market to go like like, shopping. You walked into this, like literally a market that they had built there. They gave you a shopping bag, which was a cool engaged tote. Another one. Yeah. We got king cake. Yeah. We had uh, paintings. We we got artwork, uh, coffee cup. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty wild. And basically it saved us money in the souvenir department. (laughs) True story. True story. Buy everything for our kids. And, Babysitters. Yep. Uh, but then one of the coolest things I thought about that whole ordeal was when you were done and you walked out of the quote unquote market, you just handed your bag back over to them and it had your name and hotel on it. And they automatically like a day later, yeah, it was just it sitting back. in our room waiting yep. for us. So uh, really cool experience at the Elms, like just a wild, there were actors there in costume in period pieces. Like it was, it was definitely an event. Yeah. Dancing in the windows on the balconies. You, like just, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty wild getting in there. Uh, One thing Phil hasn't mentioned is that there was cocktails for every engagement 
every event. Yeah, specialty cocktails. Specialty cocktails that were like handed out to, who was it? Diageo that sponsored? Yeah, and they own everybody. They own yeah. Casa Amigos. Yeah, Phil's favorite tequila, of course. Um, yeah, so alcohol was a huge theme of the event as well. And I mean, and it was free. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of it. Always being passed out. Yes. Like while you were like walking up in a line somewhere, they were just, <laughs> I remember when I was at the, uh, I was in line waiting to get inside to sit down at the main the Orpheum? on Monday. No, not even at the Orpheum. We were at the Four Seasons. Okay. And somebody walked up to me with a tray and was like, here's a drink. I was like, oh, well, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so we we went pretty hard, and uh, I don't think we did anything after that. I don't remember there being an after party. No. I mean, there was an after party. We just weren't aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be in the know. Sometimes we were in the know, and sometimes, sometimes we weren't. weren't. Which is cool. Yeah. Because but- the next two days were uh, pretty rough. So we, uh, you know, I, I must admit, I, I've, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. I went pretty hard when I was a kid. Like I, I would go ham Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm 41 and I ain't going ham anymore. I can tell you that much. (laughs) I tried, but anyways, he's still recovering. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still hung over. But, uh, so Tuesday, we went to the Orpheum Theater. The Orpheum is a very, very famous theater in New Orleans. Most people have probably heard of the Orpheum. Uh, So we had coffee and vignettes in the morning, and then there was a half day of speakers. So we listened to Alex Carter, who Britt became friends with, ironically enough. They sat together at one of the, either the dine around. Yeah, it was the dine around. Yeah. Yeah. we listen to Fallon Carter, no relation, Cindy Novotny, Yu Hauser, uh, Valerie Gernhauser, and Marcy Bloom. So a pretty stacked lineup. Uh, you was super funny. Marcy so funny. was funny. I would really just like to hang out with Cindy, to be honest with you, because she seemed just like such a raw, <laughs> real person. Like she was, she's definitely the kind of person that would, Tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really tons of information, tons of note taking, just a really, really cool group of people to be, to be listening to. Uh, then we did a second line again with all of the attendees, which were around 500. And there might've been a little bit more than 500 attendees. Yeah. And there was a Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras parade float. Yep, that we, we had, followed. we had a float, a second line, to where they blocked off Canal Street, which is the largest street in downtown. And we took a second line to lunch. So for those of you who might have missed that, yes, we had a parade to lunch. Like that's the the extent of these uh, these types of events. So that was really cool. Lunch was re- – that fish was really good. It was really good. And again, I'm from Ohio. I don't eat fish. So – which is weird living in New England because I don't eat seafood that often. And if I do, it's got to be heavily deep fried. <laughs> so, it's like my sushi. Exxon Valdez did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Marinating that fish. Just kidding. No offense. A slight, slight hint of crude with it. Oh, no, it was really good. Yeah, no, it was delicious. It was, it was really good. Um, and then we did, everybody got to select what you called an experience. And hold on, that was at Antoine's, and they housed all 500 of us mm-hmm. at the same time. Yep. So pretty, um, pretty impressive. We yeah. didn't get to eat the banana pudding, which I was really pissed off about. Well, but... that was, we could have stayed and ate it and then hopped in line, but we were newbies. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, our experience, we chose to do preservation hall. And for those of you that don't know preservation hall, it started it's been a lot of things in the last 200 years, but it was a art gallery in the fifties. And what happened during the fifties was music started to deviate from jazz. So jazz music kind of fell by the wayside. 
you know, bebop music came out, rock started coming out. Like it was a different type of era. And a lot of the jazz musicians lost their jobs. So they were working odds and ends, you know, they were just trying to survive at that point. So one, the art director of the hall was like, I'll, I'll open this up to you guys at night. So you could come in here and rehearse and practice and that kind of stuff. And, um, he noticed that people would be sitting outside listening to them play jazz inside in the art gallery. So this dude actually bought the building next to it, moved all the art over to the next building and then opened up preservation hall to have concerts to preserve. Yeah. To preserve the jazz legacy. So there's pretty much every major jazz musician has played in preservation hall. Like that is a big thing. So I was very excited when that was one of the experiences. So we signed up for it and I was under the impression that we were going to get a kind of like a private tour of preservation hall, like see the grounds, see the rooms, that kind of stuff. And then that would be it. Uh, I was not aware that we were going to have a private performance. So the actual preservation hall band came in and they one played, of them. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah. There's I'm sure there's, 20. there's a lot of rotating yeah. people, but um, like three out of the five people are on the website on the hero shot of a website. So, but uh, yeah, they played for like 30 minutes, which was just wild just to sit. Cause it, it's not like seats. You're sitting on these old wooden benches because they haven't touched. That oh, the room, room is in 80 years old and dingy. It still and has the pegboards from the art gallery. Yeah, it, it is, is fantastic. Definitely nothing like fancy, but it definitely feels like you're just taking part in, in history. history, which yeah, is pretty like you're, cool. You're listening to jazz like you would have 80 years ago. Yeah. So really, really cool, wild experience. Uh, I was a big fan. I'm really glad that we did that. Yeah. And then we, we kind of broke off, uh, when we went back to the hotel, we had to pick up our masks first. Yeah. Cause there's a masquerade ball. We'll get to that here in a minute. With the gala. <laughs> uh, but we went back to the hotel at that point to change into our outfits for cocktail hour and a Mardi Gras themed party back at the Orpheum. Now, what was, uh, I, I put my notes were on like outfit number six by this point. One, one thing that I thought was really cool was we sat in the actual seats at the Orpheum. So we were in traditional theater seating in the Orpheum that morning. We went and did our experience we came back for Kings cocktail and hour and the cocktail party. Yeah. And the entire room was different. They had laid in flooring. The whole theater was level. So it was no longer sloped like a theater. It was perfectly level. There was a giant dance floor. Uh, Jordan Con orchestra was, was performing. There were, uh, people eating swords. They they were doing all kinds of gymnastics. Like there were bars set up, like entire bars that had been built on that floor in the time that we there were There was gone. like a burlesque show. Yeah, there was a burlesque show. Yeah. There was a ton. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. There was no absence of entertainment. No, it was, it was awesome. any aspect of any of this trip. Like everything had elements of entertainment. Yeah. And, um, so the room was completely different. We did our cocktail hour. We partied there until like 11 and then they opened up a speakeasy in the basement, in the basement of the Orpheum, which had multiple bars, a DJ dance floors. I mean, it was crazy at how they converted these rooms yeah. over and ironically there was a, uh, uh, capacity limit to the speakeasy and Brittany happened to be the <laughs> very last person. Cause I, like, turn- Rambo, take me 
you eat you. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> you were like the last. Take me. <laughs> well, you were like, they cut it off, and I was like, me? Like, do I get to go? I'm with him. But it all, I guess, I was the last one. Yeah. No. So we went down to the speakeasy. Uh, still just boozing. Mind you, we've been boozing now pretty much all day. Yeah. And uh, we we went pretty ham on Tuesday. I ain't going to lie, because when we got done at the speakeasy, it was well after two. We stumbled outside, found a local joint across the street that was selling Mediterranean food, grabbed some sandwiches, uh, and then went back to the Ritz in the lobby. And eight are heroes. Heroes, yeah. So day three uh, was a little hard getting up. I'll, I'll be the like I woke up and was like, "What? What have I done to my body at this stage?" Uh, but day three was luckily at the Ritz, so we didn't need to go anywhere. We just needed to go downstairs. So we um, got ready, and at the Ritz we had there was breakfast ready you know, coffee, that kind of stuff was served. Um, and then we started our breakout sessions. So for us, we attended Tyler Spears talk. We went to Sam and Katie Jacobson's talk and then Twa Corbin Gherkin and John Sargent. And all three of them are photographers talking about creativity and that kind of stuff. So once that was over, it was a grab and go lunch outfit change. And then on Wednesday afternoon, you had the option to do another experience. And for that, Brittany was very adamant that she wanted to see some gators. Mm -hmm. So we took a private swamp tour. Is it Lafitte or Lafayette? Okay. So we went to Lafitte Swamp uh, for a private boat tour. And Britt got to see her gators. Mm -hmm. She even got to see a baby gator. Yep. Quite a few of them. It was actually really cool. We then went back to the hotel for another outfit change. Uh, And then we got ready for the gala and the gala was a masquerade ball. So it was a Mardi Gras color inspired masquerade ball. So uh, we actually went to the warehouse where they make the Mardi Gras floats. And I can't think of what it's called all of a sudden. I don't remember the name. It was really cool. Super hot in that room. It's, it was really, really hot. Yeah. In there. I and was for a minute, super I was, concerned. Yeah. I was like, we're not going to be staying in here. Are we? <laughs> I'm wearing a tuxedo. It was like instantly sweating. Yeah. I was just walking through it though. But we, we walked experience. through, got, got to see all of the, uh, all the floats that are coming up for next year now, which was really cool. Uh, and then, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. We walked into a warehouse, a normal warehouse. I'm not sure. I feel like that that was probably a little stage. Like that's how it was. It didn't go build. No, I was talking to, uh, who was it? Somebody had made a comment. The reason why they don't do a lot of events there is because it's a warehouse and you have to build it out. Like he said, you have to build it out to this. Oh, he made a comment okay. about because um, for cocktail hour, you went into the back, which was built like a swamp. It was the bayou. It was like a bayou. Yeah. yeah. And you had like an old school, what looked like an 1800s, like plantation uh, facade for mm-hmm. a house. And then all of the bars that were there were different themed drinks with, um, like different regions of the bayou. Uh-huh. Plus, you know, mind you, there's trees, water, bridges. Like it was a, it was, it was pretty cool. It, yeah. It was definitely a Disneyland esque vibe. Like yeah. it was cool in there. Yeah, it was, that was dark. The other thing. It was wild because it looked like you were outside, but because you were indoors, the AC was on. So yeah. It was like perfectly comfortable. And-, and then like within rooms of the like, mansion or plantation or whatever there was like burlesque type room where it was like red and leathery and very 50 shades of gray esque um but everything was i mean i'll get to that later like just 
unbelievably designed and whatnot. So then after cocktail hour, we go to the gala, which again is the masquerade gala. Um, You know, they had dinner, which again, I'm an eater. So I'm I'm not used to. Oh, well, we ate before. We did because (laughs) I was anticipating what was coming. So we, I had, I I had room service. I went and got some chicken strips from room service and uh, had some chicken strips and barbecue sauce for dinner. But, um, uh, but I also was prepping my body for what was about to happen to it because after the gala, which again, free booze like that one, a Neo performed like he did a surprise showing. Now he says free booze loosely because we didn't have to pay for it there, but we remember we paid no, nine mean, we grand. Pay nine grand. Here, so yeah. it was not fucking free. That's yeah, a true story. Anyhow, true story. Uh, and then we did an after party on the riverboat. And right before we went to the riverboat for that after party, there was a drone light show, which was actually really interesting because it was the same crew that did the Super Bowl. And the drones are all, they're using like GPS longitude and latitude coordinates. And they're just kind of moving around to these different points, which was pretty neat. Did you forget to mention that at the Masquerade Ball, there was a surprise performance? We were just talking about Neo. Okay. <laughs> you apparently are not I listening to a word I'm saying. I completely blocked that part out. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, I did mention that. Okay. So for those of you that didn't know. <laughs> for those of you that didn't know that Brittany doesn't pay attention to a yes. word I'm saying. Uh, yes, oh, Neo performed. <clears throat> so... Uh, I guess the best way to describe that is it was fucking nuts. Yeah, it was um, uh, pretty crazy. That was a pretty wild, wild four days of lots of entertainment, lots of fun. Lots of people. Yeah, lots of people. And lots of wardrobe changes. Tons of clothes. <laughs> clothes everywhere. We still need to get my suits cleaned. Yep. I probably bought $1,500 with the suits. Mm. And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't. If you want to be luxury, <laughs> you got to look, look luxury. luxury. <clears throat> And I say that, who, who, remind me who said that? It was, um, uh, it was Finoli. Say yes to the dress. Yeah. Randy. Randy, Randy Finoli said that. And he's absolutely right. So you want to sell luxury, you better look luxury. Yep. So <clears throat> the whole reason why we were there, pretty much, I mean, was to network. Um, with over 500 industry professionals in attendance, 
we were bound to meet some pretty awesome people. And I think we did. Um, the initial welcome event for first time attendees, which was approximately 240 of us. And they said 40, like 40% of everyone there was a first time attendee. So, I mean, I feel like for this welcome event, the host did a really good job at making us feel as though, um, this was a time to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there, to um, make connections because, I mean, after all, for us, our goals were really quite simple. It was to have a great time, one, experience New Orleans, and make some connections and, you know, see, not really have super high expectations for many of it, except to have a good time and then see what kind of happened. That pretty much sums it up for us. I mean, they told us to like set goals for ourselves at that point. And Phil and I had already known going into it that that was kind of what our intentions were. So in case you guys haven't picked up on it, I'm I'm a goal setter. (laughs) Yeah. So we met some people from all over the country and all over the world. Um, Well-renowned event planners, talented photographers and videographers, Hotel and venue ambassadors, authors, TV personalities, um, and the list goes on and on and on. Like there was some really amazing – it was awesome just being in the room with these people. Um, We had the opportunity to build on relationships with some vendors we already know and love. And there's something to be said about um, grabbing a late night drunks euro from Cleo's and uh, scarfing it down in the lobby of the Ritz over fun, lighthearted conversations that um, really makes you want to learn more and work with the people that you're having these um, interactions and experiences with. So... um, Many times in this world of uh, working weddings and whatnot, we find that we like working with some people and we don't like working with others. And this was an opportunity for us to really get to know some of the people that we've worked with before that just so happened to be going to the same event as us. So... It was cool because we got to experience it with a lot of other first-timers and then some that had been doing it for, gosh, 18, 17, 16. Like some of these people have been doing this for a really long time. I could definitely see why though. No, it's fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, You know, so basically it was just getting to experience this like lavish party as a guest with other industry professionals. So you get to, I don't know, joke in between, bitch about certain things. Um, I mean, it opens up dialogue about tons of other things. And, you know, we had some small interactions with some big people on our way to the Four Seasons or on our way to the Orpheum or because everything that we did, we were being shuttled or, um, you know, waiting in line for a drink or something like that. Like you're always in the space with some pretty awesome people. Yeah. And I think one of the things that they, they really stressed was the relationships that you build wouldn't be during a speaker presentation. It would be on the bus ride, you know, on the trolley from the hotel to wherever. It's all the in-betweens. Yeah, and that couldn't be more true because, like, day number one, when we were walking out with our totes and our swag bags and that kind of stuff, we had met Tyler Spear, uh, Jose Roland. And we all just started shooting the shit. And next thing you know, we all made a decision to go up to the view and walk around and get a cool view of the city up on the 35th floor or whatever, the four seasons. And 
you know, then we rode the bus back with them. And, you know, it was one of those things that where I made it, like I was thinking to myself and I was like, man, you know, I'm bummed. Jose doesn't uh, follow us on Instagram. He didn't follow us on Instagram. Oh my God. He didn't follow us. And then it reality, I was like, what the fuck do I care? I have a cell phone number now. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like it's the relationship that we built with him is not based on Instagram. Like it's, I can just call him. And we did that because we had an opportunity to hang out for a few minutes, sit next to him on a bus, shoot shit about kids and that kind of stuff. Like that's, which really is what started to separate our relationships. And while, you know, I 100% had on my notes to build relationships and, you know, try to get on vendor lists and all that other stuff while I was there. I think that one of the coolest things that came out of this and something that I really didn't fully grasp until we were done is that we made some like genuine friends. No, it was fun because not only like there's a ton of people there, like a ton. And of course there are some things that work to our favor. Oh, we stayed at the Ritz. They stayed at the Ritz or, you know, we took, I don't know, we just happened to get in line at the same time at the marketplace or we all arrived at the same time. Like there's a lot of like coincidental things, but then like the small interactions that we had ended up lasting the entire like couple of days. Yeah, we sort of gravitate towards yeah. each other. And it was like a familiar face in an unfamiliar place and you know, we made like other people friends that I know other than like us just having that cool interaction and being together in the same space, nothing else will come of it because, you know, they maybe weren't. So let me just backtrack. There are some people that were there because their business or their employer had sent them. For us, it was a little bit different. We're entrepreneurs. We yeah, Our business is, is our, our business. baby. Yeah, and like this the- cost us. Directly, like this is something like fourteen thousand dollars. It's not like, a, it's not like an Edison not, or an energy trip to where I didn't pay for a thing, right? Like it was, um, and fourteen thousand dollars is not chump change, especially no, for no. us. Like, I mean, and I know some people are like rolling their eyes, like you fucking spent fourteen grand on three days, and yeah, it like it's expensive. Um, but for us, like. We had to have some takeaways, even if it just meant that we were going to have a kick-ass time, enjoy some live entertainment, have some drinks. Um, You know, this took us months. This was also one of the reasons why we got no pair so that we can experience this. On top of that, I didn't even mention we had to fly my best friend out. Oh, yeah. And so that cost on top of – so it cost us well over 14 grand. Anywho – there was high expectations for us, but at the same time, we weren't going to walk away feeling like this was a waste in any regard. Like we were going to make it worth our worth while. our while, and yeah, I and think I, we did. Yeah, I mean one one of the things that I, I I really think that we came out with some genuine friends. No, I think that there were some really awesome people that we met and cross paths with and had great conversations with. Um, And only time will tell kind of what comes of it. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, maybe even not next year. Like it, like I literally gave information to people and said, Hey, like if you're ever in the area, like look us up and we'll have a good time. We'll show you a good time in Boston or down on the Cape or whatever. Like, and there was a lot of local folks, too. Yeah. Photographers, videographers. I mean, there was there was a lot of people there that, you know, we've, well, Referred. I mean, obviously Matt. I yeah. Knew, I knew Matt was going, but uh, Matt Garza, he was he was on the podcast, but I've I've known Matt for a while now. But I, uh, yeah, so I was stoked because I knew Matt was going to be there. Yeah. So there'd be a familiar face. Um, but there, there were plenty of people from our local market that were there. Yep. But uh, why don't you give me your final thoughts? What do you think? What do you think about the overall engaged? All right. So, I mean, there's a lot to unravel. And I know that after we do this podcast, I'm like, oh, what about this? Or what about that? But this was an amazing experience for us. 
We definitely got to experience bits of New Orleans history, culture, food, music, sights, and smells, both good and bad. <laughs> um, it is a big city. It is a major metropolitan area. So. Yeah. And it has everything that comes <laughs> comes in with that. Um, there was It was an over-the-top lavish party like nothing either of us have ever experienced for multiple days. Um, we're talking about amazing live entertainment, music, performances, stunning florals, lighting, decor, the ambiance, the food, the amazing stationery for menu cards, event books, the Bouchier, yeah, the Bouchier book that yeah, so, let us know about all of our yeah. So cocktails. We, we also, on top of getting everything else, we also got this thing called a Bouchier which is a, uh, a complete breakdown of every cocktail that they were making. So with ingredients, instructions, that kind of stuff, it's, it's every drink that they were making, which was pretty cool. And then there was like um, photo booths. I don't even think photo booth is the right word for it. Banga booth. Banga booth, but they were like set. Um, it's a banga booth. Yeah, I know. Is that what? So you say that and everyone's going to know what a fucking banga booth is. <laughs> I think so. That's what it's called. It's banga booth. Uh, so anyways, it's just like a set, essentially, that someone's taking a photo, like a fancy set. Um, All of our dramatic 007 photos <laughs> from the banga booth. So um, there was that and there was um, Dennis taking headshots, which mm-hmm. I mean- Kwan. Dennis Quam was taking everyone's headshots over every single day. You just find him in the light, find him in the right lighting, and he would take headshots for you. Um, I mean, I know there's a hundred other incidental things that we like experienced, but um, there was awesome swag, and that was almost in every everything that. We did. There was like when we went to the breakout sessions, we got a notebook and a pen every day. Um, I mean, there on top of that, there was, you know, education, insights, inspiration, and a ton of diversity. Um, it was awesome to learn from some of the industry's best and brightest, gathering insights into what makes their businesses thrive and, you know, what hasn't been successful for them. Um, also picking up bits and pieces about website design, how people balance work-life balance. And that's something that we've talked a lot about on the podcast, but it was also refreshing to hear other people talking about setting boundaries and pushing boundaries. Um, Alex Carter talked about negotiating, like I'm, we got her book, which I'm really excited to read. Um, And just like being an entrepreneur and business owner operator, I think it was really insightful to see how other people started. And, you know, I mean, it's going to sound horrible, but I enjoy hearing about people's failures and how they rebound. I know it sounds horrible, but it does, but it like, Obviously, we were in the room with some unbelievably not successful and talented that people. Not in the notes. <laughs> but hearing about how people have struggled and where they've come from really makes others feel like, okay, like either I'm I haven't been in that bad of a situation or like, you know, I've come from worse or whatever, but like everyone can rebound and really like, I don't know, showcase who they are and what they can do. And, you know, I feel like there was such a a diverse group of people, even just amongst like the, the photography breakout session that we went to, we're talking about three people from, I mean, I don't know where all of them are from, but you couldn't talk about any, them being any more different. Yeah. And, They're all successful and they all have, you know, different ideal couples, different ideal brides and grooms and, 
you know, different bodies of work, different bodies of work, the whole thing, but they're all making it successful. And some have studios and some don't, and some, you know, travel and some, I mean, and one just stays like in his geographical location and has found a lot of success catering to both mothers and brides. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> um, so there was so much to learn from all of this. Um, what else did I talk about? I don't know. Sometimes you just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> we're about to get into. <laughs> no, but it was just cool to be in the room with some of these people, be inspired by them. And also like look around and see the person sitting next to you, like getting the same, I don't know, inspiration from these people. Um, friendships and networking. I think that um, at the end of the day, it cost us a ton of money to sit amongst these professionals and they all paid a, a ton of money too. money that could have gone to a hundred other things but these were all professionals looking for the same thing as us. And that was pretty much opportunity in whatever like way, shape or form that that could come in, whether that's um, looking to expand your business into markets that you have not yet tapped into looking for that extra nudge or push and confidence to do it. Maybe a mentor to hold you accountable, maybe just someone in the same industry doing the same stuff and, you need a friend or whatever. Like, I think that anyone could find something, even if it was just a good time. I mean, I don't know that most people would necessarily pay. They just go to Disneyland and pay the same thing <laughs> for two days. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and when you think about it, that nine grand, just for those tickets, the mm-hmm. nine grand is two FX3s. And an 85 millimeter Sigma lens. Yeah, but then you only have one lens and two bodies. <laughs> yeah, I'm just using that as an example. Like that's it's too <clears throat> it's a big expense. And the big thing though is that you maximize it. And I think what separates us from some of the people that we met is that while they were there because their company paid for them. And, you know, there were people there that made comments like, Oh, I don't really think this is for me. And, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's, you know, our, like I need to see an ROI. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I look at it. Like, and you know, I, I had so much fun at this one. I've been trying to figure out how we can do Ireland in October. Uh, so and, you know, and Brittany just might have to bite the bullet. I just might have to go. With myself. <laughs> yeah. <It's just> cheaper. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's just save us, save it's us a little money. Guy. Oh, yeah, funny save, guy. Save right us a little cheddar. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You had here on the notes. Uh, is there anything that you didn't like? Yeah. So um, I think in all honesty, we've fluffed this up, talked great about it, and it's a great experience the whole thing. I think at the end of the day, I was kind of disappointed with how many people were there. I feel like 500 people is just a ton of people. You're pushing the luxury term. Yeah. 500. Yeah. Yeah. And there were aspects of it. And granted, I think it was really well run. I think that anyone can nitpick, but when you're throwing an event that has literal luxury planners and people that are in the industry, um, you also have the biggest critics in the room. And I heard some like bitching about certain things like um, waiting in line or not having enough coffee the morning of Cafe, coffee, coffee, coffee and vignettes. The cafe au lait. It was yeah, cafe au lait and vignettes. And there's no coffee. <laughs> and, and there was also no au lait. <laughs> and then there was no au lait. And then there was really like almost like. Um, you were fighting for some. Fight, fighting at the watering hole. But, you for know, and I, I do, you know, not to run at the defense of the engaged folks, but I, I do think that some of that might have been the vendors. Yeah, because I think some people might have overpromised some things, which is quite. You know, possibly I don't know if happens. the Orpheum 
was prepared for that amount of volume. Because if you look at the way things went at the Ritz the next morning, the Ritz is used to hosting large groups of people. Yeah. And that went without a hitch. There was nothing going on that morning. Like yeah. we, you know, there was a ton of food for breakfast. There was, you know, coffee stations everywhere. I mean, shit. There was the Irish. You had Bailey's. Bailey's yeah. Uh, Irish coffee booze uh, slushies, which despite my best judgment, I did go over and get one <laughs> at 8.30 in the morning. Like that was, and I instantly regretted that decision. But I do think that some of it might have been, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that some people overpromised some things. And maybe they did. And they were just ill-equipped to handle that volume. But still. I paid <laughs> a lot of fucking money for this. Um, so, yeah, I'm. Brittany was very excited to get a cafe au lait. I was really excited, especially because I'm just glad that Phil and I, anywhere we go, anytime we do anything, we're trying to get the most of our experience. So when we arrived, we hit the streets. We just walked. We went to Cafe Du Monde mm-hmm. and we got ourselves a cafe au lait. Or no, did yeah. I say that? Cafe, yeah. Um, so I had experienced it the day before or whatever. So then, you know, understandably, I was Dumont excited. Is like world famous. It's world like it's, fa- it's, it's open 24 hours. Yeah, it's, and the, it's the, the original. Thing. Yeah. It's like the original coffee shop in New Orleans. But and we walked around uh, the French Quarter. And yeah. And we went over to, uh, uh, what park was that? Not Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Is it Andrew Jackson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Lion. Yeah. But a completely random story. Um, Andrew Jackson is the only president that was ever involved in a duel while he was president. All because some dude, for the most part, called his wife fat. Ted Cruz? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. We won't go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well, Ted Cruz was no Andrew Jackson. No, I know. Because That's Andrew Jackson at. straight killed this guy during a duel. Yeah. Not only did he kill him, just to paint a picture for you, when you duel, you walk 10 paces out, you turn and fire, right? They walked their 10 paces, turned. Andrew Jackson left his weapon up, let the guy shoot, brought his weapon down, took his time, aimed, and then killed him. Afterwards, one of the people were like, why did you let him shoot? This dude had the balls to say, I wanted to make sure I hit him. So thank you, Phil, for that random history bit. I know, but that is <laughs> one of the most gangster things ever. So I'm just saying if somebody calls you fat, I ain't getting in a duel. No. Oh, That's all. I thought you were going yeah. somewhere else with that. No, I was not. <laughs> Chivalry is dead. It's dead. <laughs> it died like the guy that Andrew Jackson dueled with. But uh, um, yes, yeah, so we went to Andrew Jackson Park, which was you know just a cool little cool little park. I mean, New Orleans is a cool city. Yeah, it's got a ton of history. Uh, I'm really glad that we went. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so I did get tired of waiting in a line. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not arguing that. No, that so that and like what else was I just thinking? Like, I think at a certain point I kind of hit a wall. For me personally, I'm. Not your typical extrovert. I'm actually really introverted unless I know. I'm really impressed with how well you did uh, chatting with people. Um, We, sorry, Louis texting me. (laughs) Um, I guess I will talk right now while you're answering a text message because that was important. Uh, well, our our au pair is like, are you guys still recording? Can I come home? (laughs) We're actually, we're almost done. Yeah, I know. So, um, um, no, but like I hit a wall at a certain point where I was just like, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to tell my story for the 500th time. And it, it doesn't really have anything to do with, um, I mean, at a certain point I just stopped, like it stopped, it stopped being about be about exposure. It was just me about having a good time essentially. And I was just over like, I don't need, I don't want to know your Instagram. <laughs> I don't want to open Instagram. I don't want to show you my QR code. <laughs> like I'm just, 
I want to be a human right now. And there has to be some, um, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but. No, I also think that has to do with the amount of people. That yeah. Were I think that on the other engages, like the Marrakesh one, I think was limited to 75. Yeah. So you're not going to be telling everybody your life story over and over and yeah. over and over and over again. Uh, <clears throat> so I think that that also feeds, feeds into it. Um, I don't know if they're going to you know, limit these, but um, yeah, I mean, I overall, I'm glad we went. I am super stoked that we went. I would love to go again, but. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing. So for these larger ones. I won't go to another large one. Well, the large ones are always in the United States. Yeah. So for, for the larger ones, the tickets are cheaper. So for Ireland, the tickets are $6,000. And for Marrakesh, they were $7,000. So the smaller the event, the higher the cost of the ticket. And I guess, I mean, I I think you get some kind of discount if you attend more than one in the year. But um, yeah, the price goes up the smaller they get. Because I want to say that they, they also call them different things too. Yeah, but I mean, here again, we're this like the end goal for us is to break into a luxury market. So, you know, that is costly. I feel like there's a it's definitely pay to play. And we're like to say that this wasn't an investment would be like. I don't know. It would just be ridiculous to say that it wasn't because this we're not dropping 14 grand. Like that is a fucking family vacation of epic proportion for, you know, what the last time that me and you went to Italy when it was just me and you, I want to say that entire trip, everything out the door. It's like seven grand. Yeah. And we spent 13 days in Italy. Yeah. And it was amazing. And we went to multiple cities. Yeah. And stayed in multiple four-star, five-star hotels, like, and got engaged. (laughs) We did get engaged. That's right. Um, No. So, I mean, do I have expectations from this? Absolutely. Do I, do I know what they are? Not really, because we just don't, we can't really put um, a price on what we're going to receive from this. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I guess at the end of the day, we we've made friends. We've made some really solid connections. Uh, I'm excited to see where those connections take us. And I think that, um, I think we made the right decision by going to engage. I I really think that we, uh, we made the right decision. So Yep. That being said, um, you should definitely look into it. Yeah. If it's attainable for you and your business. I mean, I'm sure that this will be a tax write-off for us. Oh yeah, the entire trip is a tax write-off. <laughs> um but of course we paid for that all up front. And um I would recommend it. One hundred percent. Yeah, like I said, we we're definitely going to go to at least one a year. We will definitely go to one every year. I, would I like to go to more? Yes. Uh, like I like I can't stress this enough. I would really like to go to the Ireland one. However, you're looking at eleven thousand dollars because we're second time attendees this year. It would be eleven grand just for <coughs> our tickets to Ireland. Not counting airfare, lodging, yeah, outfits. Yep. Even though I, I bought so many different suits, I'm pretty sure I'd be able to recycle some of these. Oh man! But yeah, so I mean, it's. I mean, stay tuned. I mean, hashtag because of engage, we might be oh, telling boy, you, yeah. um, you know, that something came of it and. Excuse me. That will be great. Um, You're just dragging us out at this point. I know. So, so just cut me off and <laughs> wrap it up. You start playing music in the background like this is the Oscars. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's me. 
Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast. Don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videographer Beginners. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. All right, out. Bye-bye. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.